This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, Richard. How are you? I am fabulous. And I just have to remind myself that a lot. Because <laughs> yeah. otherwise, the weight of what everybody else is feeling can just take, I have to remind, I have to remind myself it's not me. I'm helping people. It's not or however it looks, I'm just, it's, there's a lot of things going on out there that are very kind of like. So let's talk a little bit about that because of course, in between our conversations, I have like totally another world that, you know, I'm dealing with and all of it relaxed. Let's put it that way. And you don't have that world. So do you feel like it, is it around holidays? It becomes more compressed or is it the moon, you know, the stars? What do you think it is? I think it's a combination of everything. I think a lot of people are there. I've noticed there's been a lot of, um, I don't know, breakups, but it's not necessarily breakups with necessarily other people, even with themselves, like apart people are, there's a lot of people going back into nostalgia or wanting or reminiscing about things. You find yourself like, you know, and, and my advice to a lot of people is, you know, if you, what would you do differently? So you don't, so you don't feel that way if somebody close to you passes, or you don't feel that way. If you haven't forbid something happens to you, did you do everything you wanted to do? Right? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I got an email the other day. I'm doing this talk at Menla, you know, at the Yay! Very Yay. Tibet house and they, and they said, I think the headline for the, you know, announced the announcement was something like, are you prepared, are prepared to be dead or something like that? And I thought, oh, what a lovely thought. I'm not saying, are you prepared? Okay, so I'm not saying that. No, I know you're not. I'm just saying, but we are talking about it, which is, and that's the thing. I don't think it's about being prepared for the curtain to fall. You know, you're on stage. Enjoy right, your time on stage. That's the biggest thing. Like you can't, first of all, you can't take anything with you. It's nice to have things, but are you working so much that in order to have these things versus creating new memories? It's so true. And, you know, because of the nature of the stuff that you and I talk about, mostly you deal with, it's people talking about on the, you know, talking to people on the flip side who are now telling us, they wish they had done more. Yes, loved more, had a lot more sex or whatever. Yes, Wh whatever. And, you know, that idea of do more, be more, have more fun. I think it was John Hughes uh, who came through and said, nobody comes to this side wishing they had done less. No. So you want to get it. You want to have the well, what I'm picking up on this too is you don't want to have a boring play because you're going to look back at this like okay so you what did you do this lifetime what was your purpose what was this or this and it could be just to make everybody laugh it could be to make to you know help other people in different ways it could be a being a mother being a father there's so many different purposes we all have right um but did you love well which means you have to love yourself because it's very challenging to love somebody else if you don't love yourself right right um We've heard that many times, but it's true because if you don't love yourself, then you're going to just concentrate on yourself. Then you're not going to have any room for that energy to send or receive. I know right. you're just looking at me like. No, no, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, but it made me think of a, a really strange article I read today. New York Times reporter was doing a chat chat with a chat bot. You know, uh, apparently Bing uh, has a they have an experimental chat engine. And they had reporters talk to this chat bot. And, but in this okay. case, the reporter dug into it deeply. Go ahead. What were we going to say? Well, they just, you know, part of, I don't know why I saw Charlize Theremin in Monster, whatever that movie was. But like the best plays have the most challenging content, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's why I was being. And you like, so even though your life might be full of challenging content, you could still make the best out of that. You could still make it make it the most fun-filled, loving, kind, crazy 
crazy enough, like people tell stories because the stories that you tell, you know, about yourself when you're younger are a lot more funny now looking back. Well, and it's one of the things I write on the chalkboard of my classes that I teach. The essence of drama is conflict. And that goes back to Aristotle, poetics. But the idea of watching yourself on stage and nothing happens, it's boring. You know, people people do say that, you know, they talk about these religious philosophies that tell you don't have any attachments, just sort of float through space. And go ahead. Kobe just came in. Just give me one second. Kobe Bryant. All right. In for the three points from the corner. Kobe, what do you want to say? Please. He said, I came in and played every game I could of basketball. And I also played every game I could of life. You mean in the same way? Yes. Like completely putting it all on the court. And he said it where he really was fulfilled was through family, the love of family, friends, and service. Service to whom? Helping other kids get to where they, he's showing me younger kids and, you know, in neighborhoods that might not have basketball or whatever. Like uh, he's, you know, he just showed me again about um, how he's supporting them because he, because of his, not necessarily because of his daughters, but his daughters help him support women that played basketball. Right. Right. Um, And he says, I still didn't do enough. Because I still uh, didn't do enough. Well, you did a, quite a bit. Um, and for those okay. tuning in. One second. Hold on. <laughs> oh, he showed me Vanessa. And he said, I can't wait to do it all over again with her. Oh, that's so sweet. For people tuning in to understand or comprehend what you're saying, we did have a conversation with Kobe. This is before the podcast started. Uh, it's in the book Backstage Pass. It's the last chapter, I think, in the book where he came through and talked about his journey, his path, his life, about being there with his daughter. And we talked to her about her journey. And subsequently, since then, uh, he's showed up a number of times to Jennifer and helped her and helped a number of people. So the idea that he might just casually stop by, is that just what you wanted to say today, Kobe? He's like this, like, get the energy up. Like, go, go, go. Get All right, get going. Here we go. All right, let's get Loana. Well, he's like, you guys have the bodies. You guys have this. He's like, it's different over here. What do you mean? He's like, get off your ass and work. <laughs> <laughs> work with love. Work with passion. Play with love. Play with passion. Yeah. And he was kidding about that, like, getting your, just give me a second. Just don't look back thinking you wasted time. Very good. Thank you, sir. Luana, is that who wanted to stop by today? Did he elbow his way through? Uh, yeah. Sideswep everybody. So Luana's our friend on the flip side who's got the guest list. Luana. Because the way he came in, he was bouncing his little basketball. Um, <laughs> Did a turn and a spin and boom. He's just happy that I actually said he was here because normally I'm just like, what? <laughs> well, he's always welcome and he's always, he's got great insight. And, and by the way, for the very unusual way of uh, confirmation is I asked him questions in Italian because I knew that he had played in the Italian league and he answered them with images to Jennifer. Cause I asked him, what was the thing you missed? Do you want to show it to her again? Kobe, the thing well, that he you, showed me, he showed me ice cream and then he showed me the fry. So I don't know if I was Gel- gelato, yeah. something from gelato means, but yeah. yeah. But now most people don't know, but still, Somebody who lived in Italy, yeah, I know what he's talking about. He also showed you a red Ferrari. Right. Uh, and I asked you a question in Italian, and you said, I don't know what you said, but he's showing me a red Ferrari. And I'd asked him, what is it about Italy that you miss, if anything? Oh. And he had shown you that his car, which I didn't know he had a red Ferrari. So I don't know. I, yeah. just, I don't but, know. But the point is, we I can ask Jennifer a question in another language. Well, I got to tell you what happened real fast. Good. So my husband on Valentine's Day, we have neighbors that came in from Czech, um, the Czech Republic. She speaks English. 
Her boyfriend speaks a little bit of English. They had a couple that speaks zero English. And he cooked Valentine's dinner for all of us. Wow. It was spectacular. And, but what was even better is what we were just talking about. They would put in, <laughs> they would say something. The t- person would translate it. I would say it back to her and it would be the right answer. I was reading the two people that spoke no English whatsoever. Wow. The people on the other side spoke no English whatsoever. And everything came through in English. It came through with English. That's great because it's tele- telepathy. Right. right. We it, can go to any country. And as long as I have a translator that understands the, my language, yeah. then we can have it figured out. We can work. It doesn't matter. It's fascinating. I was but, still like, oh, that's right. I can get all this in English. I don't need to speak your language. <laughs> no, and it's uh, it's just an example. It's sort of, that's the thing about uh, this research. If, if you look up the word xenoglossy with an X, um, it's the people who wake up from a coma and speak in a language they don't speak, they don't know. And the idea is how could they possibly speak this language? Well, maybe they knew it in a past life. Maybe they're, and maybe they're speaking on behalf of somebody who's over on the flip side who knows that language. It doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. telepathic communication that we're talking about. <laughs> Mark, uh, Rob Williams just came in. It's the communication of love. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. And really, he said it in that voice. All right. We like that. I did, actually. <laughs> the communication of love. And Robin, you are the love meister. What do you want to tell us? Well, then Prince came in and showed me the color purple and how that represents love for different people. You know, it's not a, like colors represent love. Music represents love. Everything represents love. You can make it either represent love or you can make it something you hate. Okay, you guys, uh, Luana, are, are these people just stomping past you and jumping into the chair? What's going on over there? You said to make it interesting. They're doing it. It's a free for all. Okay, very good. Uh, oh, well, you know why? Because this is like my day. Everything that I have planned. Seven. <laughs> I have this podcast. I had a, a lunch with um, some clients. I had, you know, this whole day, and then things get all switched around. Like chaos. Chaos. Make it interesting. All right, Lou, is that what you want to do today? You want to just do Ron Robin or would you like, is there somebody specifically who need one? And Luana is our friend on the flip side who helps us with moderate this class. So Um, go ahead. As you were saying that, she showed me your head. So it just need to figure this out. And then she showed me Marilyn. But give me a second. My head and Marilyn. Oh, interesting. You know who else popped by? That's why Kobe came in first. You know how Kobe came in? He wasn't ready to talk just yet. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Initially, it was kind of he wanted to check it out. Raquel Welch just came by. She went up and then went down. I don't know if Marilyn was trying to introduce her, but um, she's not ready yet. Um, She's not ready yet. So for the audience to interpret that, Raquel is stopped by because she knows a lot of people in our class. She's not ready to chat with us, but she's always welcome. You see how it works. And what we mean by that is to see how the communication works, how Luana translates thoughts into images for Jennifer. I should have received that when I, because then Kobe was shown to me, because Kobe was the first one that did that. Remember? Where he's just like, and then we've had had a couple others since then, but of course I don't remember. But um, I can remember. People who kind of hang out in the back of the class and say, I'm not really sure what this is. Or looking at us like, uh huh, and we, they after a while they pop in with a question. Go ahead, you're shaking your head. That was me as an etchy sketch. There was too much information. I'm sorry, you're doing the etchy sketch there. Yes, too much information that was coming through. So just give me a second. Um, did you have a dream, or did you talk to Marilyn Monroe two nights ago? Uh, no, but I I was looking up somebody uh, in the right. research. That okay. she might have, Luana might have been referencing, but the Marilyn thing, no. However, okay. we can't deny is Marilyn. There, so, is there a name Marilyn associated to a reference? Uh, some or kind a- of a reference? No, uh, but let's not, uh, well, let's figure this out. Luana, is it Marilyn or something or something about someone named Marilyn? Give Jennifer an either or. It's Marilyn, but it's the way she died. Okay, so oh. it's Marilyn and the idea that, oh, I, yes, a few days ago, I was responding to an email 
from somebody who they was asking, yeah. well, okay. And, and the question was, why don't you guys talk more about stuff like JFK's assassination? And I pointed out that people had come through and people had talked to us, but they had said, in essence, all the people involved with those incidents and involved, you know, those things that happened are all related, including Marilyn. So is that what you want to talk about, Marilyn? Yes, but I also want to interject um, as well. I, we, I, I read one of the comments that said, can we please say illicit fentanyl when we discuss fentanyl? Because there's a lot of people, you know, doctors use it for anesthesiology. There's a lot of things they do that are good with it. Sure. This is the one. So I apologize to thank you so much, listener, whoever you are, about um, what you said. I will take that to heart. I didn't, never meant to just say fent fentanyl in general. No, no. Well, here's the thing. Jennifer, I both have friends who've lost children to fentanyl. And I had a colonoscopy and they were like, and we're going to use fentanyl. <laughs> I was like, um, hello, could we not do that? Anyway, yes, we understand that drugs are, are created, opioids are created to help people. We understand that. Right, right. But certainly there's this huge uh, proponent of people that are, you know, injecting it or putting it in drugs that are, kids are getting on the dark web, you know, party my, drugs and it's my killing them. Team, my team. And, Stop yeah. 450 pounds. Yay, FBI agents. Yeah, Jennifer was part of a team that helped uh, pull 450 pounds of fentanyl lace drugs off the market. Illicit fentanyl lace drugs. That's what we have to say. Illicit fentanyl lace drugs. Illicit fentanyl lace drugs. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All, right, All right. So, so back, to back, to, back, back to the Marilyn Monroe. Right. Marilyn, how are you? What's up? Okay, back to the whole, you know, that dealt with JFK's assassination and everything else. Um, it's funny. It's like you don't want to have a QAnon version of what happened. No, no. And if I could give a little context, just because we, I don't, we're not, this is not a new topic for us. Marilyn and others have come through. They talk about their journey. They talk about the fact that they're home that they're with loved ones. They talk about how she's talked about being with her loved ones and people that she's known. But I did make light of the fact, and I didn't mean to, but I made light of the fact that this, we're talking about events that happened like 60, 70 years ago. And I was saying, it's like history, you know, now you're home. And so why concern yourselves with that? But someone came through a week later and said to us, that's a mistake. For us, it feels like it was an hour ago we haven't resolved it but when you resolve these things the truth sets people free on both sides of the veil so what she's correct me yeah. if i'm wrong she's saying there's things about her death that have not been revealed not been told and it's not a conspiracy thing other than it is a conspiracy thing because the people who know what happened never told the truth so they're also she's also then amelia came forward as well Hi, Amelia. Her truth. She's like, set me free. <laughs> <laughs> Always trying to get your story told, Amelia. But so, but Marilyn, um, can I ask you some questions? I know we've talked to you before, but let's just go over some of them. Who greeted you when you crossed yeah. over? She's saying it was her grandmother. Okay, very sweet. Was that a happy reunion? Bittersweet. Bittersweet because you weren't quite prepared to go or? <laughs> she said, I knew if she was here, then I was not there. Okay. And who have you been surprised to see over on the flip side? Why? I think she was surprised to see Elvis. Okay. She's who like, wouldn't be? Who wouldn't like, be? I don't know why. I just was... A little bit surprised to see him well and in terms of you know in terms of the timeline at some point you're seeing a person's higher self and then you're seeing them when they cross over right and so she was yeah, over there yeah she was over there a long time before he was yeah she was saying, she was saying uh, that wasn't when she crossed over she saw him she just said 
I Since then, that. right. Yeah, no, that's the question, which is, who have you been surprised to see? And uh, so it, it just in terms of what we're doing, what's your opinion of with this thing Nelson, that we're doing? Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. Very good. We've talked to Mandiva before. What What's your opinion, by the way, of what we're doing, Marilyn, this conversation on the flip side? She says, I think it's wonderful. Oh. She says that her grandmother was holding her babies too. Beautiful. Yeah. And so can you talk about that a little bit? What is it? One was three. One was eight years old. And the other one was like three, it felt like. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because not everybody understands what you're saying. So when you got over to the other side, you met children that you were supposed to have but did not have. Is that correct? Right. Yes. That I that I miscarried miscarried or terminated. Yes. And so what was that like when you realized they exist? Beautiful. She says we're together now. She says it's amazing. So we never lose our children. We never lose them. Imagine that concept. Beautiful. Yeah. And for a lot of people, hard for them to conceptualize. But that idea that, so, so are you planning on coming back anytime soon or are you? That's another thing that it's been from what I've learned from the thousands and thousands of readings I've given. I have learned that even if you don't have the baby here, whether it's a termination or a miscarriage, they are still your children on the other side. And they know before they enter the body, what's going to happen to them. They know that before they come to this earth. And I know that might be hard for people to wrap your head around it. I just know that after everything that I received from the other side, it's not something I know someone's not going to go, okay, well then I'm going to go have a, a, an abortion. No one's listening to this saying that that's what they're going to do based upon what I'm saying. Yeah. This is where people have to get like, it's so frustrating, but I do want to say too, there's a lot of people that want to get born here as well. Right. Um, hold on. Which means that of course that, then like we have to take care of our planet like all this my brain goes into a complete yeah gotta save the planet so that we can come back here have oxygen i get it i know um hold on one second somebody else just my dad just came in i just wanted hi jim my dad oh (laughs) i love you (laughs) <laughs> just swung by to say i love you that's oh the, valentine's I, day i'm the only resting like this is the only time that i'll be like oh okay otherwise if he shows up I'm like who's what's going on is mom okay I'm <laughs> my whole process it's exhausting him he goes nope just want to tell you i love you hi grandpa hi guys okay so marilyn uh so what kind of things are you doing now other than talking to us but i mean are are you are you traveling? Are you creating things? Are you playing sports? What kind of events do you do over there? <laughs> She's learning how to sing from Aretha Franklin right now. Oh, very good. Is that something? Uh, is that fun? I think I feel that she wants to. She wants her next life to be. A, I mean, a singer, a diva. <laughs> How would you say that? She wants to be a woman of color. Oh, very. How would you say that? I love that you asked her how to say that. That's a beautiful way to put it. I didn't. I didn't know. Well, I don't know, Jennifer. If you know about uh, Marilyn, she was very close with Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, she made sure that that women of color were able to go anywhere that she was quite a few photographs of her bringing people in. Not that that's such a huge achievement, but it's reality, which is that she always was somebody who treated everyone equally and worth noting. Because if you look up pictures of Ella Fitzgerald and Marilyn Monroe, you'll see where she would go into a venue and bring her friends with her. Well, that's interesting, Marilyn. So, all right, do you wanna talk about this? these events of the, your passing and, and who might be responsible? I mean, do you want me to say who we've heard from your pals who is? It's not 
necessary. Okay, thank you. <laughs> then we don't have to go down that conspiratorial path. Because, you know, it's, for us, it's a little difficult, as you can imagine. Marilyn and everybody in the class, you tell us information that's astounding. And, and here we are sharing it. And the percentage of people who might actually pick it up and run with it is really tiny. Yeah, it's... Um... I mean, it's really hard for us to get people stirred up about things that are happening, you know, that happened. This is going to get uncovered. There'll be proof. Oh, good. All right, that's good. We don't, we don't have to be the people involved. Okay, that's very good. You might have poked the fire, she said. Yes, that's right. Stoke the fire. So, Luana, is this, is this the conversation you want us to be having? Is there anything else here? Marilyn, any friends want to come through? Well, Lisa Marie Presley just came by saying it was wonderful. I think Elvis was helping her come by again, saying it's wonderful to be in this class. Very sweet. Somebody asked me that question on, you know, uh, in the question column saying, is that really her? <laughs> I said, you know, you just have to go back throughout our journey for the past eight years. We've been talking to people and it's what she has to say wasn't any different than what other people had to say. Being greeted by, you know, your family. Yeah. And people have to know too, there has never been a time other than the time we start this podcast that's planned. There's nothing. Right. There's, and I don't have it in me to research or go. I would never do that. I would never, there's no point. No. Right, right. Or to go through that, because it's also, it's so easy to, for, I think somebody noticed there was something that I had asked a question and the answer bugged somebody. And so then they wrote this thing, you lost me at, you know, when so-and-so said this thing, that can't be, that sort of thing. And then I try to point out, Jennifer's just saying what she's getting yeah. and, 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 and trying to interpret it. I'm trying to interpret it, you know, and Yes, I'm trying to interpret. All right, so Lou, take a look at your clipboard. Who else is on there? They think it's great because she showed me you. They think it's great that you're taking it to the the chapter of the near death experiences. The so you can you tell everybody what you're doing? Oh yeah, so this Saturday, uh, they've invited me to speak at an IONS online event, International Association of Near Death for Near Death Studies. I started speaking at their groups back in 2012. I probably talked a dozen. And I just present the research, you know, people talking about the afterlife. People who've had a near-death experience, sometimes when they come back from the experience, it's problematic because they felt so liberated on the flip side, but then they're told, yeah, you can't stay here. You, you got more to do, go back. And they get back here and it's like, why? What, why did I come back? I don't wanna be here, I wanna be there. So this gives a little context, which is you're going back on stage. It's literally somebody, you go off wings, you know, you go, you exit, and somebody goes, no, 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 you need to go back on stage. By the way, the football player that, you know, had the near-death experience on the field recently, and he was at the Super Bowl, they asked him on, on camera what happened. Now, we talked to Junior Seau and... and uh, you remember Paul Allen, and, and yes, they talked about how they had given him a lecture about how he had to go back. But it was right. fascinating because on camera they said, "So what happened? What really happened?" And he took like a, a minute pause, and you could just see he was seeing something. Something happened. He just wasn't going to talk about it. He just said, "I prefer to keep that private." So he, maybe he saw Jesus, maybe he saw God. You know, maybe he saw Paul Allen and <laughs> Junior Seau. I don't know, but we did talk about that. So, yeah. so Lou, uh, do you want to? You think that's a fun thing that I'm talking to the International Association of Near Death Studies people, near death events? Hey, it's great that you're bringing this work into that, into that as well. Um, yes, I see. Every what little bit, every little bit of information, um, like helps. Like you know, people are like, well, "What if somebody doesn't believe in this?" I'm like, "That is fine. Whether you believe in this, you don't have to believe in this." You know, I'm here to help people that I'm here to help people just like a therapist would be there to help somebody just like a depending upon what it is that you need. 
we just give, stay in the questions, you know, use the information with discernment. And if it doesn't feel right, then it doesn't feel right. That's just where you're, that is where you are. And that's a perfect place to be. You know, it took me years to be okay with this. I can't expect someone to say, okay. Yeah. Okay. Grandma's right here. She's talking to me. I, I mean, I got scolded by Steve Jobs because I didn't believe that I was actually talking to him when I was talking to his family members. Like that's insane to me. Right. And then like, and that's happened with a lot of people that are over there that we've talked to in class years before. And then their family members have found me. And yes, they're the same people that showed up then that show up now. But yet I was just like, you can't scold me. He goes, you throw me out. <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. So I, what Jennifer's saying, if I give it some context, is that in when a, a long time ago when we first met after Steve had passed away, he showed up at, early on in a conversation we were having in a restaurant, and then I started seeing him in the other research people doing hypnotherapy. Somebody I knew who worked for him uh, said he was there in her hypnotherapy session, you know, talking to her. So it, what and the and it's this goes as to what you were just saying is we're trying to give context to how it's possible that consciousness continues on. Not only is there a lot of science that shows that consciousness isn't confined to the brain, all that stuff I talk about going to University of Virginia and their lab and you know examining that, but these hypnotherapy cases also indicate that people can access this information. And Jennifer is this pillar, one of these pillars of this, of this kind of journey. There are three pillars that I work with. One is hypnotherapy, one is meditation, that's the Divine Counsel's book. But the third is what Jennifer is doing, which is literally like a cell phone, talking to people no longer on the planet, asking them about their journey. And now for those that are skeptics, if everything that people said on the flip side was contrary, if they all disagreed, then you could say, well, it's subjective. You know, well, you know, it's just some subjective a memory, or maybe she's tapping into somebody's memory or something like that. But the problem right. problem well, is everybody my, says the same things. That's the problem. Well, and also too, in their own unique way. But like my son said, how do you know that you're just not getting into you're not like that everybody that dies just leaves their consciousness in one big place. How do you know you're not just doing that? And I said, because A, I physically have seen spirit since I was little. That has been, and I think the only reason why I was shown that and why I see it is because I probably wouldn't have believed it. Two, I'm all Jack, because that'd be so easy to go out and single-handedly pick out that one consciousness that belongs to that one person that belongs to the person in front of me that's related somehow. So I'm like, then I, I mean... And we'll jack, no. Well, it's, a, it's that twisted pretzel logic that people have to try to hold on to the concept right. that consciousness is confined to the brain. And that's the big bugaboo. As soon as you look at the data and research that shows that it's not, now the filters right. are off and now we now we can explore. Now we can talk to people and say, like when we talked to Harry Dean Stanton, Harry Dean Stanton was a skeptic, skeptic. And when he got to the flip side, I said, you know, so what was it like for you, an atheist, to realize there was an afterlife? And he said, and then he gave us a detailed description of having a soft landing that Luana, who was his close friend, helped him with. But I said, so what do you want me to say at your memorial? And he said, tell people to believe in the afterlife. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, uh, Harry, all your friends are atheists too. No one's going to believe that I spoke to you. He said, then tell them to believe in the possibility of an afterlife so then they won't waste another minute of their life arguing about it like I did. So that's what we're offering people, the possibility that life goes on, that there's consciousness not here, that, you know, is in a classroom on the flip side. Right. And not only that, whatever you believe in is right. All and religions point to the same garden. <laughs> Do you remember who we heard that from? No. The Alpha and Omega, Jesus. Because mm. I've asked him that question repeatedly, and, and one day you, he showed up and I said, so 
you know, people do believe that they should, should they follow you or not follow you? And he said, all religions point to the same garden. Meaning you can follow your religion. You don't have to change your religion. It all points Mm -hmm. to that afterlife, the flip side. It all points to the same garden where we're going, you know, walking each other home. It's a beautiful way to put it. So, Lou? I love the way way that love and liberation start with L's. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Hold on. And Lou? Well, he says, hold on. Are you almost done with that book? She's asking. Oh, who's asking? Luana. You mean the book about Jesus? Mm-hmm. All right, so like, let's Lou. I know like, what she I know what she's asking me. I know what she's asking me. Yeah, no, I am working on it. Uh I'm doing the audible right now as we speak. But today I was doing a little bit of research into somebody that uh exists on the flip side, somebody that Jesus knew. And so, Luana, is that what you're referring to? Do you want to talk about this fella that Jesus knew? Yes or no? We don't have to talk about him. I almost feel like it was Lucifer, but it's not. <laughs> no, no. That's another dude. No, no, no. I know, I know. No, no. I, and, you know, by the way, uh, somebody did. They showed me Lucifer, the you know, from the TV show. So that's oh, where I was okay, getting it. Okay. Well, somebody did well. That's still well, that's that's how we get references. We did have. I'm sorry. They're making me choke. Uh, somebody on somebody who went to see Scott DeTamble, our friend, the hypnotherapist, said that they, during their session, met that fella with the L, you know, in his name. And that he was a quote unquote fallen angel, but what that really meant was that he decided to incarnate. He had been on a council and decided to leave and come here. I didn't really get into it because I avoid the topic. But that makes sense. It, that makes sense. It does make sense it's... in terms of the. But is that Luana? I was thinking of a guy named Thomas. Is it? Is it? Do you want to talk about this Lucifer guy? We can't be afraid to talk about anything. So, or do you want to talk about Thomas? Which one? She just wants you to get the book out. <laughs> so, okay, she doesn't want to talk about any of that. She just wants me to get the book out. Okay, it's very good. Um, I was reading it last night and listening to something that Jennifer was saying, and it was about love. And it was a this was the first time you had done a hypnotherapy session, and you were quoting Mary, and it was about love everything love everyone love your art love your music love who you are love what you can create i mean it just it was like an, a beautiful way of talking about love and i was reading it on valentine's day so Aww. so it's interesting i mean it is a it'll be a book about love <laughs> there's no question about that isn't that what he's about anyway that's what he wanted to be known for i have the chills he didn't want to be known for a guy hanging on it. As I, I'm fond of saying, the worst day of his life. That's what people remember, and they have these churches, and they have the worst this depiction of him, the very worst day of his life, up there on the altar, as opposed to this guy, this love guy. You know, he spent his whole life talking about love. But that's yeah. not what they want to remember: the suffering. Yeah, they want to remember the suffering, so they have to suffer, or. I'm not well, sure. I don't well know. there's a whole theological thing about him taking on our sins and et cetera, et cetera. But we won't go down that path. Does he have something to say? He very politely showed up last week and had some words of wisdom. I mean, here I am quoting you saying all religions point to the same garden. Is that accurate, sir? More than accurate. He showed me the quantum field. It reaches... Hmm. That so if you think about heaven, heaven's here, it's over there, it's where you make it. It's okay. And when you say quantum field, what are you seeing? So I'm seeing like layers of the planet. Um, so you know how like that how would I explain this? Show me again. 
holograms, like stacked holograms of the like different planes that exist. Okay, very good. And they have those books that are like plastic, like medical journals, and they have a little bit on each translucent yeah. thing. Is that what you mean? Something like that? So almost like translucent blueprints? Or just holograms? The hologram is a perfect example. Laid on top of each other. And, yeah. So, uh, and what are you saying? Is that, that is love goes heaven. through, that is heaven. Heaven reaches all dimensions. Love is in your heart, right? So if we're calling our loved ones on the other side, love still goes from people from here to there to there to here, from all interdimensions. And if you love everything, it just builds on itself. If I may ask uh, a question, you know, sir, define love for us. What does that mean? Is it the interconnectivity of consciousness? Or what, what is it? He's saying it's an iridescent, wow. I can, he was showing me that actually. Um, not that, but the reflection. It's an, show me again. It's an iridescent light that connects all of us together, as well as um, dis disintimate, wait, uh, what is it called? Dismantled Dis very easily. Dismantled very easily. It's not dismantled very easily. Is that what you're saying? So, hold on. Please. It's our energy that goes throughout space and time with no ending. It can get dismantled by our thoughts, words, and actions, but here's why. It never leaves. It's always there, but we can decide not to love something. We can decide not to want something or to hurt someone or to do, do you know what I'm saying? Like we change the frequency slightly and we lose the signal. If we turn the signal back, you're tapping your nose, meaning that's correct. If you turn the signal back, you can feel that love throughout the universe. You can be connected like an epiphany. And you can pick it up like pillows. <laughs> like pillows. But I, I love that term, that word epiphany. It's like being connected to everything simultaneously throughout the universe. Almost all cells and all objects and things all interconnected. You know. Tell me like five of you, Richard. Like five of you. Like you here and then you're... Yeah, where do we go when we sleep? You're right. You mean there's five Richards? There's five Richards, and you're all holograms besides you right here, right now. Get, let me find Go out. ahead, please. You love yourself here. You love yourself elsewhere with a stronger connection. So if you have lots of love, like we're, we are elsewhere. We have, we're only in our bodies, like 30%. We're elsewhere, right? Right. There's the other part of us that's that's other places. And right. I mean, whether it's five, I mean, I think he's just giving an example. It's not that Richard's in five different places, but maybe he is. I don't know. But whatever. But let's say that there's a higher self, a higher Jennifer, let's say, and then there's a Jennifer on the planet. And when, when Jennifer on the planet and the higher self are in tune, they vibrate at the same frequency. It makes a stronger frequency. It, it makes a stronger connection frequency. And I remember we once asked questions about people on the flip side. Could they lie to us? Could they come through and prevaricate and make up lies? And you pointed out that it was not possible because the frequency would not match what go. the truth is. Right. It won't go. It won't go. But I mean, that's a, again, but like dialing in the frequency. So if you're trying, so if your ego, let's say you're on the flip side and you have a whole story about what happened to you. And now you're trying to, I don't know, inflate the story. You can't do that because it won't be told. We do joke around, mind you. Right. Over here, you can joke around there. But you can't, I have yet to hear a bold face lie. <laughs> But I, it seems to be that related to that frequency thing. So the the difficulty of of being able to communicate because it's hard. We're on a completely different level, completely different plane. We've got gravity. We've got all this other stuff. They're over there traveling. Let's say at I don't know five times faster than we can even imagine. They got to slow down to communicate. It's not easy to pass along information. 
right. and to pass along a line must be like next to impossible because of all of the, the nonsense of it. However, we've seen that people do recall things as if it happened in that specific way. And that might be inaccurate based on 40 other people who were there at the same time. Sure. But it's true to them. It's Does that make sense? Also, if we don't believe it, then they can't show us anyway. And I find this when I, you know, when I work on cases, you know, we'd be able to solve all the cases if that was the way, if everything came in so clear. There's just some things we're not, you know, time does, there's, there's distorts things. Yeah. It distorts, it distorts things. Um, it also, you know, if you've ever been on a jury, what it takes to even get somebody convicted is a whole nother thing. Um, like finding, you know, how many missing bodies are there? You know, it's what they, of course, when they die, if they die a tragic way, that comes through trying to show that way to us, our brains can't even handle it. Wow. Right, right, right. And plus, if there was some kind of a journey or an agreement that people made in a previous lifetime so that this would be the outcome, there's that aspect to it, which you right. can't really put your mind around. But right. Jesus... I don't want to take away the spotlight from you, sir. We appreciate you coming by. What is something you can tell people tuning in that will help them, whether they believe or not? Stop freaking out about the word Jesus. Like by hearing this podcast, people are like, what? They're talking to Jesus? Like he's like, please think of Jesus as the word love. Think of Jesus as being being good to your neighbor, being good to yourself. Um Living in fear from what you think you know about me is no way to live at all. Living in fear is no way to live at all. Living in love is a way to live. Is that what you're saying? Tapping your nose? Correct. Um, so, and well, look, correct me if I'm wrong, that your name, you had a different name when you were growing up. I mean, people didn't refer to you. Your friends didn't call you uh Jesus, uh, clearly, over in Asia, a lot of people refer to you as Isa, and we've heard the name Isaiah. Isa, okay, it's more. So, but people would know who we were talking to if we said Isa showed up today. But so, what is it that can help people? Let's say who right now want to hear, give them a one, two, three, how to talk to you, please. I know that sounds simplistic. What's the best way to communicate with you, sir? Picture me with reverence, no matter what you feel you've done wrong. I'm not here to judge you. I never was here to judge you. I was here to help and guide you. Along with several other people. So just... If you put your fear aside and you know how deeply loved you are by me, and people always say, how can you love everyone? You can love everyone. Think about it. You can love everyone. People just don't know that they can. And you're referring to like unconditional love. Is that right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So... So the formula is think of you with reverence. What about people who need help? Can you intercede on their behalf or can you just help them? How do you help? I'll be walking with them. He shows me holding their hand. He goes, I will help them get help physical wherever they need to get help here. If they ask, it's something that they can set off, you know, a chain of events that will get them help. But they have, they need to ask, not necessarily for him, but they need to make steps according, you know, they need to make steps or an effort to reaching out to people. Reach out to anyone. Can I ask you why uh, you're like the person that everybody sort of sees when, not everybody, but some people see Krishna, some people see other people. It's an energy that was distilled many, many years ago. 
So it's like you represent that frequency of uh, unconditional love. Is that what you're saying? He says unconditional love and fear for those who who feel that they're not worthy of heaven. It's been. I know. see. So he's attracted to that frequency as well. So somebody who gets so, to the flip side and they see you, you're there to say everything's going to be okay. They already know that. Yes. Very good. And I know we've talked to you before. You've mentioned you've been incarnated on the planet since then. That wasn't your only I just lifetime. asked him where he was. And he says he's so far out of this galaxy because because when he gets closer, it's it's different. Right. And so I just asked, I don't he probably put that in my head or somebody did. Okay, well that, that's a great question. Please. So what's it like where you are normally? Let's call it normally is the word I'll use. What's it like? Just give Jennifer a visual of what your existence might be wherever you normally hang out. And who do you hang out with? He says he hangs out everywhere. Again, it's an energy, so he hangs out everywhere. And it's almost like everywhere and nowhere all at once. But he showed me galaxies upon galaxies. And he showed me hanging out with my dad, in fact. Um, he showed me hanging out with you last night in your dream state. So you know? well, let me ask you, is it a matter of us tuning you in, asking for, or are you just there naturally? It's for uh, Maybe it's us untuning ourselves. It's unlearning first. And then tuning in. Unlearning first. I love that. There's a tough one to teach. <laughs> you need to not judge and unlearn in order to access learning. It's brilliantly right. said. If you, have, if you have a judgment, then you don't get access. You won't get the right information. Anytime that I have judgment with a case or if I have projections, I don't get the crystal clear information. You know, I think the best mediums are savants that have had nothing happen to them. You know, if you can go, yeah. th those are, it's like having that little kid that's on, you know, I'm sure there's been a movie about it. I can't remember, but you'll get the clearest information because you have no projections. You know, you weren't hurt by your whatever, or you weren't, didn't have that bad, you know, I'm just saying, if you have a projection or if you feel bad about yourself and you block him without him being blocked, he's always there but your judgment will keep receiving that love. So your judgment of thinking about stuff. That, like, is why so, that is why it's so important to love yourself first, because that allows you to receive love. Wow. Because if you have judgment about yourself, then you can't, then you're not allowed to receive the love that comes in from whatever deity or from whatever person or God or like, don't get all cut up, guys. Um, well, let me days. let me let me ask this question, which is so our average person out there listening in and they want to have a conversation with you. And so they perhaps they meditate, they put on a song, doesn't matter. And they start to ask you questions. How do they differentiate between what they would like to hear and what that's you talking? Sorry, I just had something come in. Give me a second. Please ask the question again. I apologize. <laughs> Did somebody stop in and elbow their way no, up to the front? Sorry. A family that I work with. Has oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Very, very good. Um, well, the question I was asking to our friend, our Alpha and Omega friend, um, is how do people differentiate between what wishful thinking and uh, and actually getting a message from you? So they ask you a question and you they get think. it. Don't think. You don't think. So the question, the answer comes before you can think it. Is that correct? Something like that? You'll feel if it's in your heart versus your head. Okay, but very good. Again, you know, I was a skeptic to some of the people that would come in, like Steve and Kobe and a few others. And there's still the same people that come in for their family members. So I've had different ways of gauging 
gauging this, but I'm letting you know that just, and then it goes, they just showed me your buddy. Um, that was an atheist, like just believe it. It's just a lot easier to receive it. Once you and allow the, you for the possibility, then you can receive yeah. information. It's like, you right. can't get a signal unless you turn the stereo on. Right. So you got to turn the stereo on before you can get the music. So you can walk around saying there is no music, music doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. But then, boom, turn the stereo on. Hey, what's this? If I turn the dial, I actually get beautiful music. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really beautiful. So, Jesus, I'm going to ask if, you to go ahead. If you love your neighbor, like he's showing me, if you love yourself and you can love others, then you know that I'm around you. Very good. And what, if, you love, if you don't love yourself, okay. That's <laughs> no. my cat dun, dun, agreeing dun, dun. with Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> if you don't love yourself and you don't love others, I'll be walking with you, holding you. Very good. We've heard you say uh, just the same thing that Ram Das said, which is we're all just walking each other home. And whether you believe he in him or showing, not, go ahead. He keeps showing me the sand, you know, the 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 one step, the one uh, set of feet walking in the sand, and that's where Jesus was holding you. Like I keep getting shown that. Yes, we're all just helping each other. So no matter what you think, you're right. So if you believe and feel that he's here, if you're able, you have the capabilities of love, then he's already around. And if you're, and if you don't have that, he's there holding you and helping you. That's very good. And you know, just for those who don't, who have other religious beliefs, those people as well, that frequency of love is always something that can be with you, whether you're happy or unhappy, you know, traveling, having a difficult time of it. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, Jen, so that, that is the gesture. I, you're cutting out for a little bit, but go ahead, Jennifer. Let's give Jesus the last word, if we don't mind. Go ahead. Stop being so hard on yourselves. You made it to this universe. You're in this universe. Do you have any idea how hard and challenging it is to get where you are? Just to start off life. Just to what? I'm sorry? Just to start life. Just to start life. Get here. That's a huge accomplishment. It's a huge accomplishment if you're, you know, if some, like again, what we talked about earlier, if you were, if you were pregnant and you lost the baby, the baby's still born. That's a huge accomplishment. It's just born somewhere else. You still get reunited with your, with those people with your kids, um, you will never lose a child. If we can grab that concept too, even though people have lost their children here, but they're saying you, in the, in the, in the wholeness of the universe, you will never lose your child ever. You will see that child again. Just be kind to yourself and others and let everything else kind of fall in its place. Very good. And on that note, Luana, thank you so much. Kobe, we appreciate it. Steve, Jim, uh, the mm -hmm. Alpha and the Omega, we, we always like talking to you, dude. We appreciate it. Amelia, Marilyn. sorry we didn't chat with you, but we knew. go ahead. Marilyn, what am I saying? Of course, Marilyn, we love you. We still admire you. We still think and talk about you all the time. So we appreciate that. And Jennifer, thank you for your gifts. Thank you for doing this for humanity. On behalf of humanity, I'm thanking you. And thank you. congratulations to 35 million views on Quora. <laughs> Quora 35 million oh. views over the past five years. It's amazing. And of course, Jennifer and I, uh, you know, thank everybody tuning in. We appreciate yes. all of you and for last time. Thank you. Say again. 
Is that either your first or last time? If it's your first or last time on our podcast, thank you. Keep your hearts open and we'll catch you on the flip side. Love, love. Bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.